happy Friday, everyone. You are listening to the Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Alex Garbage Podridge back again. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Remember, our podcasts are available on YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Follow our social media pages at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. So today, before we get into the stuff that I want to, we're going to be doing some different stuff in terms of content. I'm going to be using Tier Maker, uploading the graphic on YouTube so you guys will be able to see, and also... For Instagram and Twitter as well, I will be uploading in the graphic. But real quick, we're going to take a look at the voting and the polls for the two recent polls that are still open for the top five Giants players coming into 2020. One of the polls that is still open on Twitter and not on Instagram, though, because the polls don't go over one day. They do on Twitter, though. But here are the live results right now. Combine Twitter and Instagram. Darius Slayton has 10 votes over Dalvin Tomlinson, who has two votes. So if you add the percentages up, Darius Slayton gets 83% of the vote. Tomlinson gets 17% of the vote. It looks like a lot of people are hyped on Darius Slayton, but Dalvin Tomlinson is lurking in the shadows for some voters. Moving now to the Blake Martinez versus Jabril Peppers one. Jabril Peppers leads with 90% of the vote. That's 18 votes compared to Blake Martinez's 10% of the vote, which is two votes. Looks like a lot of people are excited about Jabril Peppers, but not really about Blake Martinez. I know a lot of Giants fans did not like that move, meaning him coming over from Green Bay. They probably look at it as another Ogletree thing, even though he's younger than Ogletree, I believe. But he has trouble covering on occasion, which really scares Giants fans, unfortunately. But we'll see during the season. Those are the live results coming in. Both polls have 20 hours left on them. As I said, Instagram is only one day, but I had two days on these polls. Right now, 20 hours left. You guys can still go vote on it and see who would make a bigger impact and who could be a top five Giants player in the bracket. I'm going to send out a graphic at some point. Also, before we get into our thing, as I mentioned yesterday on the podcast, uh, Talking Giants crew member Anthony Tomano passed away. His friend has a GoFundMe page for him. I left it there. Please donate. Very sad to hear about any Giants member of the community passing away. And, you know, he was known by a lot of people. He may have not been on the podcast as much as Bobby and Justin are, but he was still a member of the Talking Giants crew, and he will be missed. Okay, so I mentioned earlier about how I'm using TierMaker for the first time. I'm going to use it on my laptop instead of using it on my phone because I would like to show you guys the graphic much easier. So, I did the team graphic just to start off as my first tier maker project. So, I've divided them into five columns. I got Super Bowl contenders, playoff bound, wild card worthy, next year, meaning next year they could be a contender the year after, and then the mediocre and terrible teams. I gotta explain why those teams are in that category and give some logical reasoning. First off, the Super Bowl contenders, candidate number one, these are not in order obviously, for any type of group, San Francisco 49ers, strong defense, they replaced DeForest Buckner with Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina State, unless they take a huge fall like the Falcons and the Rams have done over the last couple of years ever since their Super Bowl losses, I think that San Francisco could go back to the Super Bowl and maybe win another Super Bowl. With the team they have, they have a lot of talent on that team. They did add one or two wide receivers. Still got to see what Jalen Hurd, the third-round pick from 2019, has to offer. But that team looks the same a little bit, but the production on the field has to be 
there, and it can't just be on paper. You have to look and see what they do on the field. Next candidate, the Baltimore Ravens. They didn't really have any huge or major subtractions this offseason. They are still the same team. Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram duo in the backfield, both running threats. One is a passing threat. That's Lamar Jackson, obviously. Defense, still good. We'll see how that turns out this year. But if uh, nothing happens, on paper, they're another Super Bowl contender. Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, defeated the Madden curse and won his team a Super Bowl last year. Travis Kelsey, Frank Clark, Steve Spagnuolo, the former Giants defensive coordinator, he was on that team. They won the Super Bowl in February before everything started happening with the coronavirus and everything. So, again, I don't see this team really changing, but we have to look and see what they do on the field. They did win the Super Bowl. Maybe they'll go back for another one next year, but they are definitely in that Super Bowl circle that everybody has them in, including myself. The New Orleans Saints, they try ever so hard not to get screwed or taken over by the Vikings, but it just happens. You got 2017, the Stefan Diggs catch-and-run touchdown at the end of the game where he hurdled over Marcus Williams. 2018, the blatant pass interference call in 2019, the so-called offensive pass interference call uh, that should have been called on Kyle Rudolph. They were complaining about it, but also something to factor in, Sean Payton's game-time decisions also factor in both of those games, so we'll see if they could be a true Super Bowl team, if Payton could possibly improve that area, but again, no major subtractions on this team. Demario Davis still a defensive playmaker. Marshawn Latimer, one of the best corners in the league, one of the most underrated in my opinion. Drew Brees, still one of the better quarterbacks. I think he's better than Aaron Rodgers in my opinion. But, again, this is all on paper. We have yet to see what these teams are going to do. As I said, these are just predictions and where I have these teams before the 2020 season. I also have my monthly predictions when it comes to playoff predictors. We did one last month, which was a live stream. Probably going to go through that again. Or at least the Giants won. We'll see what happens there. But next team, Minnesota Vikings. This team finds a way to screw it up in the NFC Championship. 2017, they got hurled and beat down by the Philadelphia Eagles after they won the New Orleans Saints. This year, they lost to the San Francisco 49ers. That run game killed them. Maybe Kirk Cousins is cursing them. I don't know. But Mike Zimmer's still the head coach. Kevin Stefanski is gone as the offensive coordinator. So we'll see what that offense looks like. But then again, their offensive line is slowly coming together. That's a team to look forward to. And that's a team who I have in my Super Bowl contenders list. The next group, playoff bound. I don't necessarily have these teams winning the Super Bowl. Or at least being Super Bowl contenders just yet. But these teams are definitely, in my opinion, playoff bound on paper. Remember, everything is on paper. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball in front of me that's going to tell me the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl I don't have that nobody has that I don't think yet but these are my predictions on paper I'm doing something a little different Tampa Bay Buccaneers basically in my opinion these guys are this year's Cleveland Browns you get poised by the weapons you have Tom Brady who signed in a free agent deal I think was 60 million over two years Gronkowski was traded to them he was on the Patriots retirement exempt list then he got traded for I believe it was a fourth round pick. Mike Evans is still there. Chris Godwin is still there. OJ Howard has to stay healthy. And also you got Cameron Brait. The offensive line, they tried fixing that up with Tristan Wirfs, I believe at like 14 or something like that. Somewhere in that early teen range, they selected Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. They have a beautiful 
stunning pass rush. Shaq Barrett had, uh, I think it was a 19.5 sack season last year. Best in his career. Was franchise tagged. But if he wasn't, I would definitely want the Giants to go after him. I certainly think he had a better year than Jadeveon Clowney last year. But that back end of the defense need to be shored up. Uh, you need playmakers back there. Vernon Hargraves, he got caught. Brent Grimes, he left after the 2018 season. But they need notable names in that secondary. They selected Antoine Winfield in the second round. They also have Jamal Dean in that secondary. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting season for them. Tennessee Titans, playoff bound. Now, they were close to winning the Super Bowl last year, or at least getting there. Kansas City Chiefs, they took it from them. They won the Super Bowl. But one thing they have to learn, they have to get a better offensive line. They selected Isaiah Wilson, right tackle out of Georgia. Obviously, Andrew Thomas played the left side, got selected by the Giants. Now back to the Titans. You need a good offensive line. You need Tannehill to rev up that passing offense. A.J. Brown had a great season last year, great rookie season. I'm pretty sure they still have Corey Davis, even though they declined his fifth-year option. He was the fourth overall pick in, I believe, 2017, if I'm not mistaken. But they did decline his option. You need more production from the passing game, so you don't have to lean on Derrick Henry all the time. Because there could be a game where you have... The offensive line, somebody could get injured or something, and Derrick Henry won't be able to fit those holes in because one or two people are missing. And you have to lean on the passing game, and the passing game doesn't do that well. Derrick Henry, I don't think, got an extension yet, but Ryan Tannehill did, and Derrick Henry leads that offense. It's not Tannehill, I'm sorry. You know, Tannehill had a good season last year, one of his better seasons, but again, all fell on Derrick Henry. That defense did solid, but again... That's why just having them playoff bound because they need to figure out a couple of things. My next team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, people are saying, oh, just wild card. And other people are saying, eh, Super Bowl contenders. I don't think so. They need to get this wide receiver core shirt up. They didn't select not one, not two, but three wide receivers in the draft. The only complete wide receiver they have right now, you could probably say, is Alshon Jeffrey. But he's smoothening and going possibly past his prime in the next couple years. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside disappointed last season. Greg Ward, yeah, he shined, but again, it was in a time where they had their receiving core depleted and injured, so he stepped in. He did pretty well, but he's not a long-term option in my opinion. He's just as a backup four, five, six receiver. They selected Jalen Rigor in the first round. They also selected John Hightower in the fourth, and I think Quez Watkins in the sixth. They actually... My bad, they actually selected John Hightower in the fifth round of the 2020 draft. Now, surrounding health concerns, they selected Jalen Hurts, the most infamous pick possibly in this draft, besides possibly a couple other ones. Jalen Hurts, can Carson Wentz stay healthy? Howie Roseman or Doug Peterson said, oh, Jalen Hurts is going to be that Taysom Hill. I don't think so. I don't think he's that guy. I think they're just trying to goof the media and say, that while he's probably their backup option or backup QB behind Carson Wentz, and he could step in if Carson Wentz doesn't stay healthy. Now, let us remind you that 2016 and 2019 were the only seasons he stayed healthy in. They were the only seasons that he played all 16 games. 2017, that was obviously Nick Foles took over for him, won the Super Bowl. Then 2018, where Nick Foles took over again, and they lost to the Saints, I believe... In the divisional round. Also, they drafted Kayvon Wallace out of Clemson. They traded for Darius Slay. And they signed former Rams corner, Nick L. Robic Coleman, who caused the infamous pass interference no-call. But anyway, 
So Howie Roseman obviously is taking into effect that they need to fix that secondary and fix the wide receiver core. So that might take time a little bit depending on how your coaches develop those guys. So we'll see what happens. But for right now, they're playoff bound. They're not a Super Bowl team. Next team, Cleveland Browns. Didn't take this team seriously last year. I don't know if I do this year, but they are playoff bound in my opinion. You have the defense. It's pretty good. Miles Garrett's coming back. If he doesn't hit anybody in the head with a helmet, he will be coming back. Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams are developing. I'm pretty sure they brought Olivier Vernon back. Then you have the offense. They signed Jack Conklin from the Titans to, I believe, like a two- or a four-year deal. And they also drafted Jedrick Wills, so Conklin's probably going to be on the left side. Jedrick Wills on the right. I don't imagine that they don't plug in those two right away. But the interior is okay. I think they still have Eric Cush and Wyatt Teller there. But you also have J.C. Treader, who's one of the most underrated centers in the league just because he plays for the Browns. And then you got Baker Mayfield talking trash. And then you got OBJ and Jarvis Landry out wide. Now, one of the reasons they didn't do well last year is because everything just dropped on them. And they didn't have a locker room. And Freddie Kitchens didn't know how to control it. He didn't know how to shut the big mouths. But everyone can say... Oh, Freddie Kitchens, you know, he's going to be bad coming to the Giants. He was a good position coach with other teams. He's not a head coach with the Giants, Joe Judges. And actually, Joe Judge knows how to control a team. On paper, he does. Before you guys catch me and trying to say that Joe Judge is a good coach, no. It seems like he can get this team under control. But when training camp starts and when the preseason starts, when the regular season starts, we need to see production. That's one of the things that is the question mark for the Giants this year. So the Browns right now just playoff bound. The next team, LA Chargers. I don't know why PFF is doubting them because they said, oh, the Chargers are one of the teams that are going to have the first overall pick next year according to us, and we're going to predict that. Well, I don't think so because Justin Herbert, yeah, he's going to be you know, the quarterback of the future, but Tyrod Taylor is the backup. So if you don't want to put in Herbert right away, you have him. They also signed Chris Harris. Yes, he's entering his past his prime phase, but he still can play corner. They got Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. He's a good linebacker. Selected 23rd overall. They also signed former Green Bay tackle Brian Balaga. Put him to the right side. They're going to try to fix that offensive line once and for all. Get stable protection for Herbert or Tyrod Taylor. They also signed former Giants defensive tackle Linval Joseph to a deal. They also signed former Panthers guard Tri Turner to a deal. So he's a solid guard. Plug him in there. And if Herbert or Taylor has weapons, then you got a team that can go to the playoffs. But for right now, they're just playoff bound. They underachieved last year for the team they had, probably because Phil Rivers. He's now in Indianapolis now. So we'll see where that goes. Now, next team, Seattle. A lot of competition in the NFC. We're going to see that. And you saw that. In my record predictions that there's going to be a lot of competition in my opinion in my predictions but Seattle is one of those teams two question marks on this team the offensive line and the pass rush they drafted Alton Robinson the defensive end out of Syracuse and they also drafted the guard Damian Lewis from LSU they also signed former Jets tackle Brandon Shell to a two-year 11 million dollar deal I think he I don't think he's a solid tackle in my opinion I think he's below average but for Wilson to stay in the pocket, he's aging. I mean, he could still run out of the pocket. He could still do amazing things. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. But he needs stable protection back there. He's not Kyler Murray or any young quarterback. He's in his 30s now. They should take that in consideration and say, hey, let's finally win. Again, pass rush, 
Jadeveon Clowney still hasn't been signed. They still have, I believe, Bruce Irvin. And as I mentioned, drafted Alton Robinson. So we'll see how he impacts immediately. But again, two question marks for the team. That's why I don't say Super Bowl yet, but playoff bound. You could also make the case that they are a wild card worthy team. The Green Bay Packers, second year under head coach, former play caller for the Titans, Matt LaFleur. One of their problems last year, and they also drafted Jordan Love, 30th overall from Utah State to replace Aaron Rodgers in the upcoming future. Aaron Rodgers obviously wasn't happy about that, but that's the Green Bay Packers decision. One of the problems last year when they got to the championship round was that they could not stop the run game against the 49ers with Raheem Moster in the backfield. I actually turned the game off early, and then I checked the final score. I'm like, this is closer than it should be, but they still lost. Many Packers fans were upset, obviously, because they picked the quarterback, and Rodgers is still their quarterback, the QB1, but they didn't select any playmaker defensively that could help their run game. Blake Martinez, he was sent to the Giants. The Packers didn't bring him back. It's also worthy to note, like I did a couple minutes ago, that they lost Brian Balaga to the Los Angeles Chargers. They do have Rick Wagner now, the former Lions-Ravens starting offensive tackle. So I don't know who the Lions are going to put there. Probably Tyrell Crosby if they still have him. But for the Green Bay Packers, they need to stop the run game or be efficient at stopping the run to be a playoff-bound, possibly Super Bowl contending team. And it's also worthy to note they didn't draft a linebacker or a defensive player till the fifth round. Keep that in mind, Packers fans. So that does it for the playoff-bound teams. Here's the wildcard-worthy teams, the Atlanta Falcons. They lost Vic Beasley, but gained Dante Fowler. They still have Tack McKinley and Grady Jarrett. They also drafted A.J. Terrell out of Clemson with their first-round pick. They still have Kendall Sheffield. They did release Desmond Trufant, so this defense is being reshaped, but is getting better. Their offense is strong. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They did lose Austin Hooper, but got Hayden Hurst from the Ravens, so he could be an immediate replacement and a weapon in Matt Ryan's offense. We'll see how this team goes. The reason why I have them as wildcard worthy is every year since 2016 when they lost the 28-3 Super Bowl, infamous Super Bowl to the New England Patriots, is that they've been falling and underachieving. Dan Quinn has to get this team on offensive and defensive production at the same time so that this team could be where it's supposed to be and they could have a playoff win or two. They also got young offensive linemen in Caleb McGarry and Chris Lindstrom. Now to the Rams. This team has fallen since their 2018 Super Bowl loss to the New England Patriots. It always seems to be the Patriots for some reason. At least the last two Super Bowls that the Patriots won. That was with Tom Brady, but we'll get to that. They didn't really prioritize their offensive line, in my opinion, this Offseason, they drafted a guard, but that was in the seventh round, so it's likely going to be one of those developmental backup picks. Bobby Evans and David Edwards are still on the team, so you could plug them in. I know their center, Brian Allen, he got coronavirus. I don't know if he still has it or not, but that's one of the X factors this team has going into the 2020 season. Sean McVay, is he genius or is he not? He obviously got outsmarted by Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. This team has been going down ever since. The offensive line is tricky. I just said that. And also to note that they released Todd Gurley. He's now with the Atlanta Falcons, I believe. But they drafted Cam Akers from Florida State in the second round. So who's going to be that number one running back? Is it going to be Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, John Kelly, or Cam Akers? You really don't know 
who's going to be that number one running back. So we'll see. We'll find out. But those are some question marks for this team. They also let go of Nikhil Roby Coleman in the offseason. They let him go. They didn't re-sign him. Jalen Ramsey is still there. He's waiting for a contract extension, but will not hold out. So that's one of the good things for the Rams. So they need to, kind of like the Falcons, need to get their defense and offense under control, especially that offensive line, a key factor for this team. Next team, NFC East, Dallas Cowboys. Now, they have a new head coach in Mike McCarthy, new offensive coaching staff, new defensive coaching staff, except I think Kellen Moore was one of the people who stayed on that offensive coaching staff. Jason Garrett obviously got fired, was not brought back. Now he's the offensive coordinator of the Giants, so we'll see how that happens. Mari Cooper was brought back. Zeke Elliott obviously still on that offense. He got an extension last year. Zach Prescott still waiting for a long-term contract. He is not worth that money. I'm going to tell you that right now. He ain't worth that money. He gets carried by Zeke. He also has some good days, some bad days. Every quarterback has them. But I don't think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league to be earning $45 million in a fifth-year option because apparently the market's going to be that way by the time his fifth-year option comes around. So, again, Jerry Jones has to make up his mind on who to prioritize when it comes to an extension. Their left tackle, Tyron Smith, still waiting for an extension, one of the best left tackles in the league. They also... Didn't sign Byron Jones back. They didn't prioritize him. He's now with the Dolphins. We'll see what that defense looks like. But again, a lot of questions marks with this team. Will C.D. Lamb be that immediate impact that they want? Michael Gallup also there. Amari Cooper, their number one. So right now, they're wild card worthy and a division where there's not many good teams. There's talent, but not many worthy teams that they win the division. It's always a fight out. There's always a new winner every year. There's the Eagles, there's the Redskins, and there's the Cowboys this year. I don't think the Giants... Really do have a shot, but they could. I will balance that later on. Next team on this tier list, Pittsburgh Steelers. Great defense. TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, a lot of talent on that defense, but the offense is looking a little shimpy. Why do I say that? Because Randy Fickner is their play caller, and they struggled a lot last season. Even when Ben Roethlisberger was still there, they struggled to find an ultimatum, and the production was not well. They only scored three points in the New England game, and I don't think they won the Seattle game, the second game. That's when Mason Rudolph took over. But they kept flipping, flopping quarterbacks, Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. So we'll see if Big Ben can stay healthy. He's nearing his retirement time. It's not too far away. Is Mike Tomlin going to stay another year? We don't know because this team hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a while. This team hasn't been to the playoffs in nearly two years. So, And you also got a good receiving core in Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Washington, Juju Smith-Schuster. They also got good tight ends in Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. You got to utilize those guys. So again, Steeler fans can hype their team all they want. But then again, what actually goes on the field is what's there. And their offensive play calling has to be on duty. The New York Jets. This is a weird one. This is a really weird one. I think they have a lot of potential this year. You might not see a great wide receiver core. They lost Robbie Anderson. They picked up Brashad Perriman. They also picked up Denzel Mims out of Baylor. They restructured their offensive line with Connor McGovern, George Fant. They also picked Makai Becton out of Louisville with the 11th overall pick. Sam Darnold, he's got protection in front of him now, so he needs to stop seeing ghosts and needs to throw to his receivers. You also got Chris Herndon, a good tight end, along with Ryan Griffin. Got some decent targets, not great targets, decent targets. That defense is still looking good, especially that run defense. They drafted some guys in the secondary like Bryce Hall. So is this team for sure playoff bound? No. Chance at a wild card? Yes, because 
their division is going to be up for grabs now that the Patriots don't have Brady anymore. They don't have any offensive weapons guaranteed. So you're going to be looking and say, hey, what's there? So they all of a sudden possibly could fall. Then you have the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets fighting for the divisional spot and possibly an extra wild card. So other than possible questions on the offensive line and execution on the play calling by Adam Gase, I see this team as a possible 9-7 and team at best, if not probably like 8-8. Eight and eight. Oakland Raiders love some of the draft picks. They selected three wide receivers. They also selected two cornerbacks. They selected Trayvon Mullen last year. They did pick up, which is a key move, and I like them for these moves especially, which was picking up Nick Kwiatkowski from the Bears and Corey Littleton from the Rams. Two both good inside linebackers that could probably fit their scheme. They need to get better on the pass rushing side. Claylon Farrell, will he develop well? Also, same question for Max Crosby. I think Max Crosby did a better job last season. They already have Hunter Renfro and some offensive weapons. Derek Carr is still the quarterback. They didn't select another quarterback. Josh Jacobs, the powerful running back in the backfield, the second-year man at Alabama. And they also signed a good veteran corner in Prince of Mucamara, the former Giant and Jaguar and the Bear. So a lot of potential for this team. They could be playoff bound. But on my list, they have not reached that yet. Buffalo Bills, good defense, possible good offense. Cole Beasley, Zay Jones, you name it. They now have Stephon Diggs on that team, so that team is going to be better. Their offensive line needs to be shaped up, though. Not good protection for Josh Allen last year. He did rush a lot, so that's something they could always depend on if the passing game isn't working. Their defense, still elite. Tredavious White, Micah Hyde. Matt Milano, Jack Lawson, and if Ed Oliver actually doesn't get suspended for his gun charge, then he'll be good. So the only real question is the execution of the offense, in my opinion, and also will the offensive line sure up protection for Josh Allen. So that's why I have him wildcard worthy, because they could fight it out with the Jets, and possibly if the Jets win the division or the Dolphins win the division, out of my predictions, I actually have the Bills winning the AFC East, but it's really a toss-up right now between the talent level and the production of these teams right now. So it's all a toss-up, but those are the questions regarding the Bills. Next team, the Arizona Cardinals. NFC West is extremely competitive. You can compare it to the NFC South with the talent level. They traded for DeAndre Hopkins. They also traded David Johnson. So Kenyon Drake is their future running back. They have an elite receiving core with Fitzgerald. If he leaves DeAndre Hopkins, they're an automatic number one. They also have Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk. So that's the good side. The bad side is, will the production on the defense continue to be poor? Or will they step it up? They drafted Isaiah Simmons, the Clemson linebacker. Vance Joseph said he's only playing linebacker, so he's going to be limited a little bit. But will his playmaking duties from Clemson turn over to Arizona? Or will it be something different? And will they be disappointed? So... They still have a pass rush, but the secondary needs to shore up a little bit, the linebacker core. So we'll see that coming into the season. And that's why I have them right now as a wildcard-worthy team. Chicago Bears, that's my next team. They are a wildcard-worthy team, in my opinion, because you don't know who's going to be quarterback. Is it going to be Nick Foles, or is it going to be Mitch Trubisky? Most likely Nick Foles, because they traded for him, and he has a lot of money on his back, so they're going to probably prioritize him over Trubisky. They declined Trubisky's fifth-year option, unless... They decide, oh, he's a good quarterback, let's extend him. I don't think they're going that route, but we'll see. Crazier things have happened. Their offense, they got Allen Robinson. They added Jimmy Graham, even though I think he's past his prime already. 
They also got Javon Wims, David Montgomery, and Tariq Cohen out of the backfield. Defense, they had good production last year. It's just that offense was a little bit dry. They have Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Kyle Fuller on that defense. So we'll see what happens in terms of defense and offensive production. I'm more concerned about the offense. Who's going to be the quarterback? So that's why I have them at wildcard worthy. And the NFC North is always a tough division, whether it be the Packers or the Vikings fighting for that first spot. It's always them too. The Indianapolis Colts. A lot of questions for this team. Is the defense going to be able to execute? Same with the offense. Do they have enough weapons on the offense? And will Phillip Rivers actually be the starter? They selected Jacob Eason in, I believe, the later rounds as a quarterback. They also still have Jacoby Brissett. Phillip Rivers is their starting quarterback right now. That's why they signed him. He's old. I don't know why they signed him. Maybe just for veteran influence. He's probably going to start the first couple weeks. But how past his prime is he? Is he going to be able to throw these targets? T.Y. Hilton? Michael Pittman. They also have Jonathan Taylor coming out of the backfield with Marlon Mack. So their season's going to be interesting. If they're not wild card worthy, they're going to be like 8-8, eight 7-9 eight, in my prediction. That's how I see them. Houston Texans. Offensive line, a huge question mark. They traded for Brandon Cooks after they traded DeAndre Hopkins. So they're both number ones, but Hopkins is obviously the better receiver by far. Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins didn't get along for some reason. Their defense needs to be a lot better. They fired Romeo Cornell and brought in a new defensive coordinator after that embarrassing game against the Chiefs in the divisional game. So we'll see what happens there. But right now, I got them as a wild card team. Probably the Titans could win. The AFC South with the talent they have, they just need to focus more on Tannehill if Derrick Henry is hurt or something. But Texans, I see them coming behind Titans in the AFC South. So next year teams, next year, that means they're going to be good in about maybe a year or two, but they do have the talent to move forward or at least be better than last year. Miami Dolphins, the infamous tanking team, they traded Minka Fitzpatrick among other players Last season, got a load of draft picks. I think they had a good draft, but Austin Jackson with their one of their first picks didn't really phase me a lot as protection because you could have selected him in the second round, but then again, I don't know. He's going to be playing next to Eric Flowers most likely, so it's not going to be really something that I would look forward to if I was a Dolphins man. But hey, they selected Tua Tagovailoa at fifth overall. They got their future quarterback. Fitzpatrick will probably start maybe one to two weeks first if Tua is not their starting quarterback immediately. And it's going to be exciting to see what Tua brings to the field. Ted Karras, he was signed as the center, so they sure up the protection there. They had lots of cap space, so they went out and got Kyle Van Noy and Byron Jones to somewhat fix that defense. They need some pass rush in there. So I'm honestly excited about this team and others should be as well for the future because I think Brian Flores and Chris Greer and that front office did a great job. You no know, tanking also ruins the game in some people's eyes. But then again, when you do that and when you grab all those draft picks and select that many people and fill up those many spots as a long-term option rather than a free agency option, I think you're building your team the right way. New York Giants. Now, I've discussed this many times. They are an extra team. Bradbury, Martinez... Other free agent signings, yes, they may have an impact this year, but it's going to take some time. That offensive line will have to take time to mold. They're not going to be number one offensive line this year. I don't know that they will be in the future, but for right now, you can't expect much when Nate Solder is still on the offensive line when you have Spencer Pulley as your starting center. The wide receiver group and the tight end group needs to stay healthy. Caden Smith is emerging. Evan Ingram is on the chopping. 
slash trade block right now because, in my opinion, he cannot stay healthy. Saquon Barkley, he needs to get over a 1,000 yards this season to see that he is that true running back, even if the offensive line does do bad because Saquon Barkley has the eligibility to find those holes. Wide receivers, you need to see true health. Last couple of years, everybody's talking about, oh, they have a good wide receiver group. It always flops at some point, and you can't get those weapons on the field. So it's going to be interesting. Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, and Sterling Shepard. Who were those four, five, and six receivers? Is it Cody Core? Is it Benjamin Victor? Those are guys you're going to have to find out in the preseason and training camp. Is the secondary going to look better than last year? 30th in coverage grade, Sam Beal entering his second year along with Corey Ballantyne and DeAndre Baker. Is DeAndre Baker going to come back? Is he going to be punished? We don't know. Is the linebacker core going to be finally covering tight ends? We don't know. Is the pass rush going to get there? A lot of question marks. They didn't draft the pass rusher except for Carter Coughlin. That was in the seventh round, so his expectations could be very low to start. But right now, a lot of question marks with this team. But I do see a foreseeable future for this team. And definitely they can improve from last year because they have a better team and a more talented team on paper. It'd be disappointing, though, if they don't get better than last year. But you also have to fall in the case of the rookie head coach, Joe Judge. Next team, the Broncos. They did a huge job on offense. They hired Pat Shermer as the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach Mike Shula. So those two are working together. Obviously, Shula couldn't get it done in New York, neither could Shermer as a head coach. So it's going to be interesting to see what they pull over there under Vic Vangio. They added a ton of weapons in the draft and provided some offensive line help. That offensive line is growing. The defense is going to get better. Trust me, I think this team is definitely getting better for the future, and Broncos fans should be really excited. Next team, Washington Redskins. Defense, extremely talented. Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Ryan Kerrigan, Ronald Darby, Kendall Fuller. A lot of names to get excited about under Ron Rivera, who's defensive head coach, and Jack Del Rio is his experienced defensive coordinator, and who is good at his job. But the offense concerns me. Dwayne Haskins obviously struggled mightily last year. Going into his second year showed some development, some good production at the end of the season, especially against the Giants. Take a look. Terry McLaurin definitely showed some bright spots. Kelvin Harmon as well, but do you really get excited about their offense? They have a lot of questions at tight end, running back. A lot of questions on the offense, especially the offensive line. They drafted Sadiq Charles after they traded Trent Williams. Wes Martin is probably going to assume the left guard role after Eric Flowers left. So it's going to be interesting. This offensive line needs to finally be fixed. I would have hired Bill Callahan back if I was the Redskins. But we'll see how Ron Rivera portrays execution with this team this year. I definitely see a good future for them on defense if their offense gets better, of course. And it's going to be a good NFC East in the next couple of years. Last but not least, the mediocre teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not much to say on them. They traded A.J. Boye, and they also traded Jalen Ramsey last season. So it's not really much there. D.J. Chark is one of their offensive weapons that's a standout for their team. They signed Tyler Eifert from the Bengals. Gardner Minshew right now is their starting quarterback, so we'll see what he can do, but I honestly think he's overrated. we got to watch that offensive line. Their defense is not the same as it was in 2017. Miles Jack, one of the only people that's left on that defense, but I certainly think at this point they are building for the future, and that's what Shad Khan and all that front office wants to do, so we'll see, but... I expect Doug Marone to be out as head coach after this season if this team doesn't improve slightly. The Detroit Lions. I certainly think that Matt Patricia can't get it done with this team. Jeff Akuda, they drafted him great. Gerard Davis, 
failed draft pick from 2017. Obviously, you can't do much about that. Apparently, Patricia doesn't have a good relationship with the players. Is Stafford still in his form? Can he still throw the ball well? We'll see. They signed Jamie Collins and Desmond Trufant, so they should have somewhat of an impact on this defense. Trufant probably helping out rookie cornerback Jeff Akuda somewhat. But again, I think Patricia's going to get fired at the end of the year. I don't really see this team going anywhere as of yet, but it's going to take some time and possibly a new head coach. Next team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, you could say they added Trey Waynes, they added Mackenzie Alexander, they added a lot of key pieces on defense, specifically linebackers. Still have Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, but a lot of questions on offense. They did draft T. Higgins. Joe Burrow is their rookie quarterback. And also, what is their offensive line going to be? John Williams will start at left tackle, but right now, again, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's his second year. He's going to be a good tackle. You know, he stayed off a year. Right, but he was injured. He didn't face any NFL edge rushers. Bobby Hart is still the right tackle. Are you seriously going to have him? You know, a lot of people like to say, oh, Bobby Hart was a good tackle with the Giants. He didn't get tight end help. But you still have to make better of the situation you're in. He also quit, apparently, on the Giants when it came to the final game of the 2017 season. And Dave Gettleman said, okay, you're out. They officially released him in February, but that goes to show that Gettleman does not tolerate attitude, but Janoris Jenkins was a different thing, and that's going to come up on Dave Gettleman's resume. But Hart hasn't been playing well the last two years for the Bengals, especially their inability to fix the offensive line. Actually, as I tweeted out, I read an article that said, hey, that Bobby Hart apparently started at right guard for the last two years for the Bengals. No, he didn't. That's a lack of knowledge. Right tackle. He started at right tackle the last two years, and the Bengals' offensive line has been a problem for a couple of years now, and they have not fixed it. So I think the stubbornness by the Brown family is going to be a problem. But for right now, I do see a future for them. But again, under the Brown family, it's going to be really hard, in my opinion, for just any wins for them when it goes to against winning teams, especially above 500. Two more teams to go. Carolina Panthers lost Luke Kuechly, lost a couple of defensive tackles in free agency. They do have a good receiving core. Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback. Even though that, I think Matt Rule is going to try to strip this thing down and possibly get his own draft picks, get everybody else. They could have selected Isaiah Simmons, but no, Matt Rule said, oh, let's draft Derek Brown. I wouldn't have taken that role knowing how Luke Kuechly was a huge playmaker and you need to replace that on defense. I know they still have Shaq Thompson, but again, Luke Kuechly is missing now, so you might need to replace him now. But they obviously went the Derek Brown route. A lot of Giants fans, before they picked Joe Judge, were like, oh, Matt Rule. Let's pick Matt Rule. I didn't like him because he's a college coach. College coaches, most of them don't work in the NFL for particular reasons because they can't translate the game over to the NFL. And that's why so many people have brought over college coaches and college game scheme over into the NFL. So it's more like college and the players and the coaches can transition. To be honest with you, I would have preferred Joe Judge any given day because he has coaching experience under Belichick. Yes, sometimes Belichick's castoffs may not work. But I'm not going to go ahead with the hype of Matt Rule and just say, oh, it's a college coach. So he did rebuilding wonders at Temple. He did rebuilding wonders at Baylor. That's college. This is now. I'm optimistic about Joe Judge. But I think he honestly could do better than Matt Rule. Because, again, I think the Panthers are going to strip this thing down. So we'll see what they could be this season. Teddy Bridgewater's a good quarterback. But, again, we'll see what happens for their foreseeable future. Final team, New England Patriots. I don't have them as a wild card worthy team, and I don't have them as an extra team. I think they're going to sink because of Brady. 
They have no excitable weapons on offense that at least jump out at me. Yet, Ankyo Harry, or whoever else they got that I missed. But again, I don't see anything big with this team. Their offensive line, they're good. Who's going to run through there? James White? But they usually run with like three running backs. Josh McDaniels is still there. I don't think life without Brady is going to be good for the Patriots, especially for Belichick. They were 5-11 and before Brady was drafted, so that's something to note in the mind. But the defense is still good. They still have a couple pieces there. Stephon Gilmore, the McCourty twins. But again, the offense is just dull. And you might have Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer starting. Both of those not really good quarterbacks. One's backup worthy and one's a fourth round draft pick you just sat behind. And you should have never traded Jimmy Garoppolo. Or else the 49ers wouldn't have been anything unless they would have to draft a quarterback the next year, which would have totally changed everything. They may have been trading up or something like that. But again, that would have changed the foreseeable future if they hadn't traded Jimmy Garoppolo. They could have went and maybe won another Super Bowl when Brady was gone, but they chose, oh, okay, you know, Brady doesn't like Garoppolo, so we're going to trade him to a West Coast team, and hopefully he doesn't see us again. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo's team is better than the Patriots right now, so don't really trust somebody's words who's going to walk out on you. Basically, Tom Brady, because Tom Brady wanted Garoppolo gone, and now he's gone, and oh shit, we don't have a quarterback for the foreseeable future. We only have Stidham, and we only have Ryan Hoyer. So it's going to be interesting for them, but again, I see them going like probably 5-11, and 7-9, somewhere around there. I don't think they're going to do too bad, but I still think they're mediocre at this point, life after Brady. That's going to wrap it up for this podcast episode. Feel free to check out our YouTube channel, subscribe to it. Our podcasts are available on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Follow our social media pages at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. As the beginning of the episode, results are the same right now for all the polls. Blake Martinez versus Jabril Peppers, and also Dalvin Tomlinson versus Darius Slayton. Thank you guys for supporting. Thank you guys for gaining international attention. I'm really proud of that. Spotify, whatever platforms you can download us on, support us on social media. Thank you guys so much. And have a great weekend, everyone.